Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of exciting because we're sitting here next to each other. <laughs> We've never done this before with Darren Talks. And um, uh, we've been wondering what we would talk about today. Um, and um, I had been, um, well, I kind of proposed uh, to Ian, what about spiritual friendship since, you know, I touched on that last time when I talked here. And, uh, and then um, from there, uh, you were um, saying, yeah, that sounds interesting. Let's explore that further. Mm -hmm. um, and perhaps we can start uh, exploring through um, lenses of um, mirroring. And in, in that way, um, you know, in this context of coming back to this physical space together after the uh, long pandemic times and um, you know, bringing our real bodies in here and feeling each other in this way. So what does that uh, feel like, you know, in terms of a spiritual friendship? You know, um, how do we uh, mirror each other with, with our bodies and minds? And, um, and so, yeah. yeah. One of the things when Yoko proposed this topic and I thought about, you know, one of the uh, great powers of Sangha is its capacity for, um, for people in the Sangha to uh, become mirrors for each other. Um, you know, we reflect each other's uh, minds, our habits, our uh, conditioning. And I've been thinking that this is one of the things that's been hardest to duplicate online. Because the way that uh, that mirroring happens, um, so much of it happens automatically in the context of bodies uh, practicing together and practicing together over time. And we can do some of that on Zoom, but uh, I think a lot of the signal gets lost when we're just in a, on the box. So. Uh, So yeah, yeah, I think one of the uh, aspects of spiritual friendship is that capacity. Mm -hmm. And so coming back together is, in person, is stepping back into the, that relationship. And um, uh, we're kind of experimenting here today uh, with Yin and me. Um, we, uh, we were like, what about if we do this in dialogue today? We've never done this before. And uh, you know, we'll just kind of jump in with each other um, 
just giving feedbacks and ideas. And then as an audience, maybe you can just like feel that. And hopefully our spiritual friendship and that at the very end, we'll invite uh, questions and response. Mm. Was that fishbowl? Is that called fishbowl? <laughs> yeah. Um, we thought of the idea of having kind of a, a public dialogue between the two of us. Um, since that's kind of what naturally happened as we were planning the talk. And right. so I thought that would be a good field for the insights to arise. Yeah. Um, so, yes, so you were, <laughs> this is kind of strange. You were, you, you were referring to the, the coming back in person and bodies, and that's the relationship, right? That we're starting to have relationship in this context. And um, uh, I guess I, I would like to talk about bodies perhaps because we are bringing our bodies back. And as you have said, um, um, in one of the ways that we feel each other is our, the way that we actually um, move our bodies in space. And, um, and I, I think about this image of like elephant, right? Like when we are talking with each other, um, our hearts meet our hearts. And sometimes we could be just 45 degrees meeting each other. Um, and then sometimes we're more intentional that we turn towards each other to meet. Um, and so that was something that I was also thinking, you know, in the body, how we meet. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, you know, that gets illuminated is not just, you know, we can see, you know, somebody can mirror our, our habit or something or, uh, or our emotion or our thought. Um, but there's also the energetic field that is expressed in, in with the full of the body. And that is also something that in a context of a sangha is you get, uh, it gets shown to you. <laughs> um, and how does that happen? Well, I don't think it's, no, I mean, I think there's two ways to talk about mirroring. There's a very explicit mirroring that, that you might do in, like in therapy or something or in chaplaincy where Somebody says, I feel upset and I'm agitated. And you can say, I hear that you feel upset and agitated. And that's okay, very explicit mirroring. And that can happen in Sangha, but I think there's also something more. I think the, the activity of mirroring just happens. It's a consequence. And I, I think people don't, come like, okay, I'm going to go to the Zen Center on Saturday and do some mirroring. <laughs> I think people come together and, you know, in like the best case scenario, you have two people coming together. Both of them are taking responsibility for their emotions and they're vowing to do, follow the precepts and, you know, in that, and in that like the best case scenario, you can kind of your karmic 
energy. They're kind of suspended in midair between the two of you, and you see them. Um, and the like the mirror, and there's a, a mirroring effect, like our karma gets illuminated in the relationship wonderfully and naturally. And then, um, of course, it's rarely that best case scenario. <laughs> yes. Like one person might be taking responsibility and the person's blaming and projecting and, or the other person's blaming and projecting or they're both <laughs> blaming and projecting. And then, you know, next best case scenario, at some point, they realize it, or one person realizes it and apologizes, and then there's, like the chant we just did, then you can confess it and maybe do some repair and start again. Right. And I, I also, um, you know, felt that it happens in the relationship, like you're saying, between the karmas, right? Because we're always projecting our karmas. We, we can't escape from our ancestors, you know? It's been just... Um, um, inherited throughout generations of, of over and over patterns, right? Um, but then like, like right now, as we were sitting, the rain, right? The rain mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, out of sudden. And then now it's like, <laughs> it's like sunny again. And then it rained again, didn't it? <laughs> right? When we were bowing. And then it's sunny and, and this kind of, um, you know, energetic field that's happening, um, you know, even, uh, well, this is us, <laughs> you know, the whole earth, right, communicating to us in this way, that we are here and we can feel this together. And, and then when we feel this silence in the room, even one person's zazen, listening to that, that turning of the weather, receiving the rain, and, and as, as um, I was listening to the rain, it was, it was pouring in the, in the beginning, right? And then I was thinking about my bicycle outside. I was thinking, oh my God, my bicycle is gonna get wet. And I start creating stories about it, you know? About, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember to, to wipe that bicycle when I go home so it doesn't rest. You know, all these things that happens in our mind, right? Um, conditioning that happens. And then, and then I felt the silence in the room and then there was this, ah, I can just receive this right now. And so I feel like it's not just the relationships but the fact that we are, um, well, this is a relationship, right? The, the earth relationship. Mm -hmm the moon relationship. And so there's something magical, I feel, that when we start to come together in a space and, and probably take care, actually take care of the space together, because here we are, we're creating this temple together by coming together today, this moment, right? So right now we're the, we're the mirrors as we speak. And um, I wanted to talk about um, this sense of this, uh, uh, I don't know if anybody know this title of the Dogen's classical called Genjo Koan. Genjo Koan. Who, who knows this Genjo Koan name? Oh, okay, wow. 
a very um, good Zen student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I, I think people may know what, what it means, Genjo Koan. Again, means to appear, right? to appear. Um, something that wasn't here before, like the sun that just happened, or the rain that started pouring, right? So there's a potentiality of something, like, you know, like the sun behind the moon. There was, um, I mean, sorry, the sun behind the, the cloud. And then it started to come out. So that potentiality of something, again, um, jo is to become. So appearing and becoming. So there's this feeling of right now it's happening. It's, it's right now, it's appearing and becoming. Just like our bodies being near us to each other, our, our friendship mirroring each other as we speak. You know? And um, koan is ba basically, it's kind of long translation, but it, so I'm, I'm gonna avoid that. I'm just gonna say that koan just basically means, um, this is something I read actually from Okumura's book called Genjo Koan. And he explains that ko means to equalize and make it public. So uh, equalize something that was not equal. You, know, you could talk about maybe justice, making something justice. And then an means finding one's lot, finding one's dharma seat. Everyone has a dharma seat. And finding our own unique dharma seat and mirroring each other that way. You know, so I think that the spiritual friendship um, has that kind of a immediate, you know, mm -hmm. immediately happen. Yeah, and when you say public, I can't help but think of the kind of, the request of coming back in person in public spaces together after two years of back and forth or Solitude, maybe. Um, the prospect of re-entering into a situation where you may, where your conditioning may be now on more full display, is uh, a very vulnerable request, mm -hmm. and uh, takes. Uh, it's a takes courage. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think um, I almost feel like that we're like relearning that capacity um, when we come back together in person and that it's not, not easy. The vulnerability is definitely, definitely um, uh, here. Um, you know, um, as you were saying, you know, mirroring doesn't always be. It's not always joyful, and it's not always um, illuminating. You know, there are. Uh, this this is something that I really wanted to. Um, um, I mean, for my practice, what, where I get very stuck is that um, 
when, so with Kristen and I and other, um, oh, Andy here too, we're in um, parents group. I, I talked about this book last time too, this book called um, Training in Compassion by Norman Fisher. And um, uh, he talks about, so these are the teachings of the practice of Lojong, the Tibetan slogans. And we're um, studying about relationship uh, slogans that he, he, I guess, picks us relationship slogans, Norman picks as uh, relationship. And um, there, the one that we just covered is called, um, what was that, Kristen? Uh, don't make things more painful. That's right, don't make things more painful. <laughs> <laughs> so vulnerability, right? Like when, when, when you meet difficult person, right? P or people. In, in our spiritual community, which is bound to happen, <laughs> right? Even though we are good, we aspire to be a good Zen, you know, students, following precepts, being mindful, aspiring and doing zazen. <laughs> <laughs> so again, so what, what do we do when we <laughs> face these situations where, um, you know, when we, when we meet these difficult situations with difficult people, you know. This was a, a, the, where I got get stuck and then, you know, just wondering about how you also practice as well. Oh, in, in that situation? In, in the situation when you meet difficult people. Um. And I also want to add that because we are a, a community where we, we're striving to um, uh, really do, really um, aspiring to do undoing work, right? And that gets very tricky because there was a real deep trauma that we all embody. And, you know, when we come together like that, with all the trauma bodies in the room throughout generations. So like in this room, it's like not just me, Yoko and Ian and everybody else, but there's all the ancestors in the room, right? It's not just us. We're taking care of all the, all the people who came before yes. us. I mean, I think for me, I guess what I aspire to is an attitude of humility because of that. No matter who I meet, difficult or not, I actually, I can't, I don't know their ancestors. I don't even know my, all mine. Um, so I, I can't go into a relationship thinking I know the full breadth of all the causes and conditions that have conspired to bring this moment about, of our meeting. You know, I have a limited view of my own conditioning and um, even a more limited view of the other person's conditioning. And going into the relationship thinking otherwise is uh, potentially very hazardous and harmful. 
Um, so I think the, what I aspire to, and don't always do it, is to remember that, that, um, and this is, you know, beginner's mind. There's two, um, you know, two histories are meeting and uh, going into that encounter with a presumption is um, things stand really good chance of getting out of hand, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Well, that's where we risk our hearts, right? Because mm-hmm. um, there will be conflicts, there will be challenges, and there will be a heartbreak. That's unavoidable when we start to really um, talk about how we are actually feeling, right? Because there's no lie about it. You do, you do have these heartaches and, um, and to be able to come forward with that needs tremendous courage. Um, and, um, and what I was also feeling into today was that, um, you know, all these traumas that we, we carry, these are the injuries, right, the traumas. And, um, and um, to remember that, to remember that we, we are suffering, we are all suffering. And um, I want to share the, the um, um, passage, I guess, from Dogen. I, I, I had Dharma talk and I actually studied for it last, last time, but I, I didn't use that at all. And so I was looking through it this time thinking, oh, maybe I can use something from what I studied. And um, um, this is from his fascicle called the Bodhisattva's Four Methods of Guidance. And the uh, four methods, according to Dogen, number one is giving. Number two is uh, uh, kind speech, loving speech. Um, And then number three is um, beneficial action. And number four is identity action. And identity action basically is uh, non-separation in his words. And I was reading this morning on the section on um, kindness, the kind words. And this was something that was really um, inspired me is that, so I'm going to uh, read here. It is kind speech to speak to sentient beings as you would to a baby. Praise those with virtue, pity those without it. If kind speech is offered, little by little kind speech expands. Thus, even kind speech that is not ordinary known or seen comes into being. Thus, even kind speech that is not ordinary known or seen comes into being. It has that little bit of that feeling of coming in the moment it's happening, right? As you practice kind speech to yourself and others who are injured, that it's as you do it, it's like practice realization, right? Mm-hmm. And 
that no other kind speech arises from kind heart and kind heart from the seed of compassionate heart. So it really spoke to me reading this because in traumas, racially, gender-wise, because those are really deep ones, to recognize that we are hurt beings, all of us, you know? And, and that's the most difficult thing, right? To really is to feel that heartache, like your own heartache and others' heartache, the tragic heartache that's happening as we speak, you know? So. And I think feeling that heartache And almost like it inaugurates a new relationship to my own conditioning. So if I can turn towards all these aspects of conditioning, these hurts, um, the, uh, the whole ancient twisted karma, um, also with an attitude of spiritual friendship, that these, these are that all this, all my own history has come about to help me survive in some way. Mm -hmm. at, at, in some way, at some time. Mm -hmm. um, so I can actually have um, a feeling of appreciation, of maybe even gratitude gratitude for my karma in a way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, and that gratitude for my own karma is uh, will support me um, when I meet uh, uh, karma in the world somebody else's mm -hmm. Thank you so much, everybody. May our intentions Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.